Welcome to Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about staff to student ratio. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Micah Silver, and I'm an elementary educator, and I use they, them pronouns. Today, we are talking about two movies, the first two Harry Potter films, both of the both of which were directed by Chris Columbus. Can't imagine any living person has not encountered Harry Potter but in case you have not and have been living under the biggest rock of all time, the first one is pretty simple. Boy finds out he's a magical wizard and is thrown into a world full of magic and chaos and danger. And then the second film is basically exactly the same, but with less preamble to establish the world. It's yeah. Basically the exact same book and movie. Yeah. One has a snake in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should you watch these movies? I I think they're worth they're watching. They're cute. They're like very family friendly, whimsical. They're all on HBO Max. No, nope. they are no longer on HBO Max. You now have to rent them on Amazon or if you have Peacock. You can follow us on Twitter at Anthro267. Please leave a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And as always, thank you and enjoy. I just was looking at the stats for this. 1997 was a big year for me. This this first Harry Potter book comes out in 1997. Right. Also, Pokemon Yellow, my first Pokemon game. Mine too. Comes out. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, comes out in 1997. Which we've talked about on the podcast before is like the one time in my life I've ever been like cool and ahead of the curve. (laughs) I was seven years old. Yeah, I had it for my Game Boy Color. I had a teal one that I worked for. I I had a Game Boy Pocket. Those early early Pokemon games were black and white. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember. I'm not not checking it. I'm not looking at the... um, my teacher found a Game Boy Color game in her car and brought it in and had it in her pocket at school yesterday. It was Men in Black too, or Men in Black. I kind of want to get one of those. Like, have you seen those little emulator boxes that yeah. come as like it's like in the form factor of a Game Boy, but it has like every Game Boy game and every Super yeah, Nintendo yeah, yeah. and SNES and like Sega Genesis and all that stuff in it. I just like just to play like fifteen minutes of. 50 games that I played as a kid just to be like, wow, Super Metroid's still great, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like going back to these as an adult, it's kind of embarrassing how much we were into these. Like, granted, I was seven years old. You probably didn't read these until a little little later because you were three when these started coming out. Yeah, no, uh, I was I was about six or seven when my dad started reading these to me. I think uh, the fourth book was out by the time that I started them because I remember the fifth book coming out and it being (laughs) Uh, so this is this whole episode is just gonna be like oh Micah you were a nerd you were because these like this was my first hyper fixation like these were like super like I have a Deathly Hallows tattoo like I was a Potterhead I was that kid yeah um but and so were my friends um but I remember when the fifth book came out because Bellatrix became a slur with 
my friends. Wow. I <laughs> hate you. I know. I know. <laughs> I was the worst and I have so many regrets. I would have made, made so much fun of <laughs> you. You made I would have made so much fun of me. <laughs> I already do make so much fun of me. Yeah. Uh yeah, no. Uh I I was I I had it bad. I had it real bad. I the depths of my Harry Potter obsession are terrifying. Yeah. It's Alexa, my parents had to ban me from reading Harry Potter books <laughs> because they were the only thing I would read. So you read them over and over and over and over. I wouldn't again. read anything else. Which again, maybe we should have tested me for something. Right? You think maybe that would have been some kind of sign? That I would only read the same five books over and over, over again. And over again. <laughs> oh, I. This is just gonna be a weird. It's just I saw episode. I saw um, I saw a TikTok recently about this uh, this book reviewer guy that I like a lot. Um, somebody asked him in his comment section, like, "Is there something that something else that I can read instead of Harry Potter that like fe- has that same feel of Harry Potter?" And he was like, "Look." There's a lot of answers to this question. There's a lot of like magic school books. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to make you feel like you're 10 years old reading Harry Potter for the first time again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're 30 years old now. It's just never going to happen. No. Again. That sucks. But oh well. (laughs) It sucks that the thing you have such an emotional attachment to turned out to actually be trash. Terrible. And especially because I think, you know, I certainly don't think I had the, like, deep reading ability, the, you know, media literacy at seven, eight, nine oh, years God, old no. to recognize how toxic so much of this is. You no, know, the, and like, then slavery stuff, the white supremacy stuff, the anti-Semitism stuff, like. And by the time that I was old enough to start understanding that, I was seven books eight movies deep right. and my whole personality was wrapped up in it yeah. and i was too busy dealing with other bullshit to start to unpack how much of it was shit yeah and then good old joanne had to go and open her goddamn mouth right and it's like we shouldn't have been surprised like no. looking now at the text like of course she's a horrible person like you know but uh but, you know yikes. yeah Talk about heartbreaking. Especially because so many, I think, in particular, queer and neurodivergent people really, like, attach themselves to this. It was so... It's... Having a character and having a world where otherness is celebrated Mm -hmm. and where you have this ability to celebrate having a world where otherness is celebrated and having a world where your quote unquote freakishness could be explained Uh and like loved right is something that so many of us needed to hear right yeah, I think a lot of us were looking for 
some excuse, some reason that we felt like outsiders in a world where everyone else seemed to be getting along just fine. And like having a main character where they have been isolated and taken away from their culture. And Mm. like, there's this, like as much as I hate chosen one narratives and I find them lazy, but like as a neurodivergent queer person longing for that yeah. of like that, like someone to just come along and be like, I can explain everything for it you. It turns out you're not a freak. You're a wizard or right. you're a mutant or, or you're a fucking power ranger or whatever, whatever, you right. know, there's like a million things. Right. Like or the common one. Now you're a fucking changeling. Uh, oh yeah. That's no, well, whatever. Kids are dumb. <laughs> I'm so glad fairies are back in populate in popular fiction. What? Whatever. I was I loved fairies as a kid, but I've always loved magic as a kid because again I always felt like there was something weird about me and I never fit in. And I like having and I think she I think Okay, so again, I am in my late twenties, I was a teenager when Tumblr was in its prime, and oh. uh, yeah, confessed to some more embarrassing shit. Is this just gonna be the episode where Micah confesses to like a stack of embarrassing nerdy bullshit? Probably, but that's not where I was. That's going usually with. my job. <laughs> oh, this is definitely the amount of nerdy bullshit that is absolutely earth shattering, embarrassing that is coming out of this episode. It will be a mountain, and it is. Yeah. I am going to beg everyone not to listen to this episode. <laughs> but that's even though if you use my metric of the longer we talk, the better, the more likely you should listen to it. Yeah, this is then this be. is definitely one that you have to listen <laughs> to because it's it's bulky. It's chunky. Because we, we we haven't even started. I haven't even looked at my notes. No. But no, um what I was gonna say is like the internet with the world of Harry Potter and how much the queer neurodivergent community latched onto it, mm. how much they claimed it as their own. And like, r- like the amount of fan fiction and the amount of like world building and yeah. the amount of like fandom, like, cause again, this is like Harry Potter was like one of the first like quote unquote visible fandoms. I feel like I definitely on the internet age, like definitely. I feel like because it happened sort of right around the like early internet yeah you know the like early proliferation of the internet like it it really like exploded in a especially in the like you know in the like fan fiction yeah fan fan sites fan art yeah and like so i think and I think for so long because of that explosion and how much fans were like a lot of us did accept pretty early like the books are okay. They're not like yeah. as masterful as we like remembered them being. Definitely. But the world was so important to us and gave us something to hold on to yeah. that we were able to have that like we were talking about with ET that collective mm-hmm. cooperative escapism. Yeah. Right. That as a bunch of weirdos who had no community right. found community. Right was so important and it so it took us a lot longer to realize how toxic everything was because Mm -hmm. we were so focused on 
the fact that we actually found people like us for the first time. And I think because to, because of the like fan culture and the fan fiction and stuff like that, um, I think it was sort of like people were looking at the text of the book less. Yes. I feel absolutely. like. Absolutely. Because there was, like you said, that sort of understanding that like they're kind of like middle grade books. Like they're kind of written for like 10, 11, 12 year olds. Absolutely. Um, and so if you're past that age, it's like, ooh, this is kind of, this is kind of bad. They're not great. Um and then there's also, you know, because there was such a thriving fan community, there was no need to continue to go back to the text and to kind of like engage with your, con- you know, increasingly adult brain. Right. With exactly. The fact that it's like, you know, incredibly like white supremacist. Yeah. And, and like I. Yeah. The I remember being. I remember when Pottermore first started coming out and like when the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando like was announced and like all of it of like the like capitalist grab of the fandom. Mm -hmm. And I remember that being annoying and Mm. feeling like that was ruining everything. Like as excited as I was that like, oh my God, you could actually go visit Hogwarts now. You can like actually, you know, you have more lore to be built on because you have... You've been like, but it feels like it took ownership. It took of owner- a thing that was never its to own. Exactly. It feels. It felt like, you know, and then I think as like, and because of all of that, like that grab for ownership, I think the fandom was like, no, 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 no. We like dug their claws in deeper, mm-hmm. which I think is where like, and like the fandom dug their claws in deeper and made it queer, and I feel like made it more like diverse and kept fighting for that Mm -hmm. like no let me see myself in this world because Mm -hmm. this world is so important to me Mm -hmm. and the more you keep taking it away from me and telling me what it's supposed to look like the less i see myself in um which fucking joanne had to go and just like be mad about and not just get her fucking royalty checks and stay quiet shut up and get her fucking checks yeah like you could have like she could have just fucked off yeah like, there's so many authors, famous authors, who I bet have, like, terrible beliefs, but I don't know any of them because they keep their fucking mouths shut. Like, you you are, you, mm, like, Jesus fucking Christ. You had seven best-selling books. You have eight motion pictures that yeah. are, like, some of the biggest... Like rewatched movies. How long is the fucking wait list on the library for the first two books that you were looking at? Oh my god, it's I had to I I took myself out of the out of the wait list because I was like four hundred and fifty ninth in line. These books to read the first book. These books and movies have been around for decades. At yeah, this I point, ninety seven was like you know uh, almost thirty years ago. twenty years ago or some 25 years ago or something yikes oh yeah like you know you could have just shut your goddamn mouth and gotten all of your money and lived happily ever after in your scrooge mcduck little fucking world yeah but no you had to go and isolate your entire fucking fan base because women terrify you yeah because of misogyny because of because of misogyny because of gender essentialism like come on like 
you do understand how queer you wrote your characters, right? Right, and like the I don't think she sort of accounted for how fundamentally queer the idea of like a gender segregated boarding school with very little oversight is like that's let me tell you because (laughs) that is that is the setup to every teen slash fic i've ever read right which is like it's an all girls boarding school and spoiler it's gay it's so gay like that's the dream. You live in a tower with no adult supervision as teenagers. Right. Surrounded by like just other, I mean, you know, women in my case, but like also trouble that it's a gender binary, right? And like there's no option for It's a giant castle with a bunch of hidden rooms. There's no reason there couldn't be a, a bunch of diff- like just pick what room you want to yeah yeah like she's like joanne joanne okay we gotta stop screaming about the like transphobia because yeah because there's like we could do that for two hours yeah there's like actual shit i need we need to talk about about this movie yeah there's like real stuff in here also i will apologize ahead of time for half my notes being like well actually that wouldn't happen in the book because (laughs) wow you fucking nerd it you know I, I, I am who I am and I will not back down from I've been on this is who I've been since I was 10 <laughs> I cannot change there's so many intriguing things about this world and so little of it is like in the actual text right like something like oh like a good example is like the wand shop right oh my god the wand lore in general right a thing that like in the books is basically nothing like I've only read a couple of those books but like I think each book maybe has three paragraphs total about like buying wands and like wands in general and and then when you get to the like lore the fanfic Pottermore like that's one of the more interesting things the idea that every wizard has to have an implement and the implement reflects the wizard and the implement affects how their magic is cast and like how effective it is and how like what it's good at and bad at like none of that is in the text no all of that is from like the fanfic community yeah and like all of it is like there are so i think that was one reason that I loved this world so much was because it was structured enough that there were rules that you could follow, mm-hmm. but open enough that there were Lots worlds open you could space build to write in. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, you and I like off mic had a 20 minute conversation about one lore and yeah. what is possible within like the, like house studying being a wand maker would have been fantastic. And right. like all of like, how do you pro- how do you get all of the materials? How are you resourcing all of these different things? Right. Do you pay for your goddamn wand or is it government funded? Right. Because. Because everyone needs one. But if you're poor. Because like, like. And you also can't get like a hand me down or a second hand one because the wand chooses the wizard. Right. So like especially with watching uh, just well, especially with watching Chamber of Secrets like wands. Wands Ron broke. Ron's wand breaks. 
Weasley's can't afford to get him a new one, right. but he gets one. Is it because like, cause he also cannot not have one. Right. But also his magic is fucked up the whole time that he has a broken wand. So uh, yeah, there are, there are was, questions to be answered. There's so many questions. And like, I love that. And like, and then you have like all of the mythical creatures and all of the magical creatures that you can like dive into and yeah. like, and all of them just like, alighted over briefly right like you have like even even in chamber of secrets like there's so much more lore behind Baskalis and aragog that you could like dive into and mm. it's looking at it now as an adult who has read a lot of fantasy and other magic systems it's a really lazy system and yeah. it's really frustrating yeah it's just funny because it's like for a lot of us it was our first you know magic fantasy book absolutely and i don't remember what we were talking about to bring this conversation on. I don't either. Um, but yeah, like I half of my notes are just like, is this how magic works? I thought this was how magic works. Yeah. The system like is not well designed. It doesn't seem well thought out. And I, one of the notes that I have is like, especially in these early books and movies, it's pretty clear that she didn't have any idea of like, the extent of what magic could or should do. And it's basically just like tricks and gimmicks. Yeah. For the, for it's like stupid bullshit. Cause like also looking at like how they cast spells from like the first few books to the, uh, the end of the series, like in the first few books, like you have classes, there are specific wand movements, there are specific words, mm -hmm. and then you just go around blasting silently spells that right. blow things up without any like right. the The power curve is like very steep. Yes, it's like in the beginning, magic is like complicated and it's delicate, and then all of a sudden, like with no real effort, suddenly like magic you is easy and super powerful, and you can kind of do whatever you want. That's one hell of a learning curve. Yeah. It's weird. And yeah, there needs to be like a power scale, but there clearly isn't. It's clear that like the first few books are written as like fun, whimsical children's novels. And then she started making too much money and she lost her mind and they just like became some, you know, a fantasy epic that just happened to use the same material as those fun, whimsical children's novels. Yeah. One thing I forgot, I read these books and I've watched these movies for my entire life. And every time I come back to them and every time I interact with them, especially these early ones, I forget how young yeah. the kids are. Very. Like they are 11 and 12. Uh-huh. These are babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get that, like, they have to because, like, it'll happen one way or another. But, like, it feels pretty irresponsible to teach a 11 and 12-year-olds magic. Right! And then not monitor them. You know what I mean? It's like... You teach them magic and then there's no adult and supervision. And no adult supervision. It's always just older kids supervising other kids. Which, like, which also, like, man, we got to talk about the potential for abuse in this situation with so little adult oversight and only, like, older kids having authority over the younger kids, like, in their house. Oh, it's, it's tricky. Like, it's bad. Hogwarts should have been Lord of the fucking Flies. Like, there is so little yeah, supervision. so little supervision. There are... 
maybe maybe 30 staff members right for for what 500 kids a thousand kids it's never really made clear no, how big some Hogwarts days it's is. 150 and some days it's 500. it's 500 it's very unclear it's very unclear but like which also like I points to like how rare is magic in the world but then you go and look at like her again like how rare is magic but then how big is your fucking population outside of Hogwarts and right. how widespread it is? Yeah. I, there are many questions to be asked. The world is not well written. Don't get me started about how many fucking magical schools there are in the United States. Because that yeah, pissed me off. The whole one school for all of North America is... And Europe gets three? Fucking crazy. Mm. I truly think Europeans don't understand how big North America, how big and populous North America is. Like I, I do. You could see it on a map, right? Like you know that I get that Wyoming exists, and there's like no one in Wyoming, but like the rest, like California exists. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> have yeah. you? Do you understand how big California is? <laughs> right. California needs three schools. It's yeah. the same size as Europe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You understand that? Like one, our most one most populous state is the like. Sixth largest economy in the world. Anyway. Yeah, there needs to be. Oh, I, I'm on record, I, I think, on this podcast as being like pro boarding school. Yeah, I think boarding schools are like actually helpful because kids need independence. Right. It teaches kids independence before like college when there's also like, you know, alcohol and stuff to worry about. 11 to 13. Maybe eh, a little young. Maybe a little bit more adult supervision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there needs to be, like, each, like, bunk, like, each dorm summer camp. needs its own. Think about summer camp. Right, like a summer camp. You need adult like supervision. Each bunk house or each cabin has its own staff member who watches over those kids. Sure, it's not the kids. It's not the same. Do not, do not make money. Like your professors and your teachers sit in those dorm rooms. They have more shit to be dealing with. Right. They have papers to grade. They do not get paid enough. Yeah. Hi, you got a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds who don't, who need jobs out of school. Right. Who don't necessarily know what they're doing. Have them. Yeah. Hang out at school for another year. Right. Watch the younger ones. Maybe do extended courses. You're throwing kids out of school at 17. What the fuck are they going to go do? Right. I had a thought when I was watching Chamber of Secrets of like, is there magic? Is there like post-secondary education? Do they have university? And like, can you do like a doctorate program? Like, Also, is there a pre-education? Because like these kids don't start Hogwarts until they're 11. 11? What, what are the they f- doing until 11? Are they just fucking around at home? Do they know how to do math? Also. <laughs> Like, do they know how to do math? That's is like a one of my question. biggest questions about Hogwarts. Like, what, what about your academic? The... Like, we understand that there's charms and there's transfiguration and potions. What but about like, math? Can these kids add? Can they read? <laughs> like, maybe they go to regular school to learn all that stuff, and then when they're eleven, they go to Hogwarts. I, don't I understand know. that astronomy is important to these people, but, but like, without math, it's just stargazing. There is numerous as a class but that's not math either <laughs> that's math that's number magic saying numerology is like math 
is like saying necromancy is biology. It's not. It's not. Damn, I've been doing biology wrong all this time. <laughs> oh my God, we've been recording for like 45 minutes and I've been touching I notes. haven't looked at my notes at all. But I think we've hit a lot of the stuff yeah. that's in my notes. Do you want to talk about the Nazis, the shitty magic sport, or the abuse? I think given who we are as a podcast, we have to start with the abuse. Yeah. Because... Because that's also how the movie starts. Yeah, it is where how the movie starts. My, oh, I ha- like, I forgot how likable Dumbledore is in these first few movies mm-hmm. because he's awful. Like the longer the series goes, the more manipulative bullshit he becomes, and like is yeah. not a good person. And like looking at it through the lens of like knowing the extent of the bullshit he pulls, and well, he's kind of just like he exists to be like a Deus Ex Machina, exactly, where he can just hand the protagonists whatever access item thing, etc., they need for the plot to work. He's also there to be a powerful god that no one questions. Right. Which. Yeah. Trouble. Too much power. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to sound like such a nerd and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> There's no getting around this because this is just like a thing that I like. Sorry for how deep lore this is about to get. James and Lily Potter were in the fucking Order of the Phoenix who worked closely with Dumbledore. Sure. Same with Sirius Black and Remus Lupin and the entire found family that the Potters created around it. Sure. They had a child who they loved dearly and sacrificed their life for. None of those people? One, you're going to believe that Sirius Black fucking did it to, like, first off, go fuck yourself. You know these children and you did not do that. Two, two, you're going to give this child who has an amazing found family who would love and adore and raise this child correctly... So Harry was born to two loving parents who had an incredibly found, uh, incredible found family who supported and adored them and protected them like crazy, mm-hmm. which Dumbledore fucking knew, mm-hmm. who worked closely with and understood the dynamic of which this found family was created. Mm-hmm. He then goes and completely separates this found family, destroying it and isolating everyone who mm-hmm. was in it and taking a newborn baby who could have been raised in his culture in a world who understood him right. and could raise him in a supportive, loving environment that actually prepared him for being like a famous, powerful wizard. Correct. And gave him to the two people who he knew hated. Well, I mean, it's because she didn't know any of that when she wrote, the first books because she was just flying by the seat of her pants and making it up as she went. Yes. I realized that. And like, and it's just more dramatic to have the like transition from the like abusive household to the magical world where everyone loves you. Yes. But also the idea that you are isolating a child from a culture that he needs to know about. Right. It's an irresponsible choice. It's an irresponsible choice. I don't care if he's there, if they're fucking blood related. You understand, like, you had McGonagall observing these muggles. You can go, that's a bad call. Right. Even even if you didn't know what the Dursleys were going to be like, even if you didn't know all that, which, like, you should you should have if you can monitor. If you know all of your fucking students, like, you pretend that you do. You knew Lily Potter. You understood where her family was. You understood who her sister was. Right. Fuck off. Yeah. 
yeah, somebody should have called CPS. McGonagall was there for a day and was like, British CPS is called. Right. McGonagall was there for a fucking day as a cat and was like, this is a bad idea. This is fucked up. We should have gotten him out of here. Yeah. And then like he comes to school and he's like, my childhood was awful and I am abused at home. And you were like, too bad. You got to go back. Too bad. Go back. Goodbye. We're not going to do anything again. Nobody's calling Child Protective Services. You work at a school. You are a mandatory reporter. Yes. The fuck are you doing? You. Everyone knows what is happening in his home. How is no one required to report on this? How is he not at the Weasleys already? Yeah, right. Like, like how, how or or with uh, Sirius Black or Remus Lupin, like you said, like there's so many people who could take him and love him. And instead, it's just easier to hand him back to his abusive, like. These people locked him in a goddamn closet and refused to feed him. Yeah. They put bars on his windows and locked him in a room. Yeah. They completely stifle anything that is like any individuality and treat him like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. But no, he's still got to go spend Christmas with them. Go fuck yourself. No, fuck off. Yeah, it's fucked up. And honestly, like, low-key, I think it's because, like, I th- I think there's some amount of, like, reveling in his abuse. Oh, it's trauma porn. Like, I right, I think, I think it's written as, like, trauma porn. Like, you should be glad this isn't you. Like, and it's just, like, really gross and I mean, shitty. like, I feel like the whole series ends up being that it's, like, oh, let, let's just traumatize this kid over and over and over again. Because it's, like, it's a fucking cycle in every book of, like, you get away from your abusive your abusive home life. You get to settle into class and reorganize your friends. And, and then, then someone's going to try to... dying or yeah. someone tries to kill Remember you. Remember that someone's out there trying to kill you when you're 13 years old and right. you have no control over it because you were a baby and a prophecy declared it. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I never really thought about that, about how like every single year is just like re-traumatizing this kid because like he finally gets to feel comfortable and now his safe space is being made unsafe again. Man, I think I feel like we talk about this a lot on this show of like, I think this is J.K. Rowling accidentally showing her ass like way more than she realizes like i think the the weird like i don't know it has like a weird kind of like almost like a calvinist predestination kind of like you deserve to be miserable because it's been ordained by the universe kind of like vibe that's very weird i don't know it's very uncomfortable yeah, no, the, like, I get, I think that's one reason I don't like the chosen one, brought, yeah. because it's just, like, you're chosen, you are powerful, but that also means you're going to suffer for the rest of your life. Right. Which, like... That this, sucks. That sucks. This kid deserves a break. This kid deserved a break when he just found out he was a fucking wizard, and his life should have just been, like, co- like made up for the 11 years of being in an abusive household. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. And it, yeah, it definitely feels like there's an amount of, yeah, like enjoying the suffering here. Which is like, again, why I think I ended up, we all ended up hating Dumbledore, which is also like, I have feelings about the most manipulative piece of trash character being the quote unquote gay one, but that's a whole nother. Yeah. 
we'll we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to Dumbledore because I have thoughts about that too. Um, but like the school is small enough that you know your students. Like it is made clear that teachers have relationships right. with these students. Right. The lack of oversight and the lack of resources for kids. Yeah. That are going through shit. Cause like there were dementors at school as a, th- in their third year. Yeah. Like there should be therapists in that school. Yeah. Cause like, that's like having an art, like you have an armed force walking around your school. Yeah. That's traumatizing. That is your safe space. That is no longer safe. Yeah. I, that's sort of what I'm getting at is like, I don't think that, I don't think that Joanne is a person who like believes in trauma or therapy. Oh, absolutely not. She strikes me as one of those like bootstraps, tough it out. I walked uphill both ways. Rub some fucking dirt in it and get over it. Right. Sort of conservative types. Yes. Of like, yeah. Because like, I mean, I this is me every time I read a fantasy novel of like, get this person some fucking therapy because they right. just like saved the world. And that's a lot to put on a 12 year old's. Right. The amount of people who interact with Harry on a professional level and know his history and know the pattern. Cause there is a pattern and you can fucking see it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like, as a teacher, like, and having no one do anything yeah. drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Also the amount of inappropriate relationships that these teachers have with these children. Yes. Holy fucking so, shit. Speaking of Dumbledore, also Hagrid. I adore Hagrid. Right. He is a teacher. He is not their friend. Right. And Dumbledore too, right? Oh like, my God. So much of this is like these relationships between these adults and these small children is so inappropriate. You spend so much one-on-one time with this one child. It's uncomfortable. Like, especially for a fucking person who calls trans people groomers. Like, this... Dumbledore is grooming the fuck out of this kid. Dumbledore is so fucking predatory with so many different people in his life. It is disgusting and awful, and you are showing your fucking ass, Joanne. And, like, I get that he's written as just, like, a lazy god character, basically, just to, like, fix whatever problem and move whatever chess pieces need to be moved. Especially in these early books Um, and movies. But, like, that's not an excuse to write, like, a shitty abusive relationship. No! Fucking, like, hello, all-powerful god that has just scooped me out of my world and thrown me into a new one. Can you help me? No? Cool. I'm just gonna just keep doing what you want to... Right. Plus, like, not even the power dynamic of not only being his headmaster, but also being the person who is responsible for separating him from the wizarding world and then reuniting him with the wizarding world like that. Those things in itself are red flags. Yes. And like, there's already an uncomfortable power dynamic that you should be aware that you can't, now you can't give this kid more favoritism because like he doesn't have parent figures. You're going to accidentally become his parent figure. And then the like, you know, the barn doors are open for abuse at that point. And especially because there's so little supervision in this school and so much like one-on-one teacher-student time alone. 
which is uncomfortable. I don't like how much, like, yeah, the fact that, like, these children are alone with adults in locked rooms. Constantly. 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 The fact that, like, the trio goes and just hangs out at Hagrid's hut without any supervision. Yep, they just wander off grounds. Nobody stops them. There's no boundary set. There's no, like... Yikes. It's trouble. It's so troubling, and it's so scary. And, like... I also think this, like, <laughs> this is, like, not a thing I thought about before, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, that I think this book belies the kind of, like, conservative understanding of, like, how easy school is, right? Like, Absolutely. oh, you can defund schools. You can take away pu- funding for public education. What do you need, like, six teachers? You have, like, six subjects. You only need, like, six teachers. It's like, no, no, you fund. You just fundamentally don't, don't understand how the system works. Yeah, like, tell me you don't know how schools work without telling without me. Without know- telling me, yeah. Because, like, Jesus fucking Christ, I... Like we we've gone over how we would set up our public schools. I the way that I would reform Hogwarts is Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're gonna like quintuple the staff. At least you need like you need eight. Why are there no teacher aides? Yeah, no teacher aides. No like you have one library. You have one nurse. One nurse, like one teacher for each subject. Like we don't have. Like, was there one physics teacher at your high school? Was no. there one chemistry teacher at your high school? No. Fuck no. No. That's not how school works. Like, each teacher would have to teach, be teaching sections every section of every day. Like, that's not enough hours in Where's the day. Where's their prep time? Right. Where's all their prep time? They- Where are they eating lunch? Like... What the fuck do you think they're doing? Why are you letting kids take astronomy class at 10 p.m. at a school night? Yeah, that doesn't feel right. Also, like, we know that they don't. We also know Hogwarts doesn't, like, fucking vet their teachers very well because they hire Gilderoy fucking Lockhart. Right. Who is the dumbest piece who, of if shit. if you've, like, checked any references on at all, it would have turned up If you interviewed something. him. Yeah. If you spent any time with him. Right. Yeah. If you'd sat down with the with the buffoon. Like also, I know uh we've talked we talked about this off mic and like the movies the movies age up the professors, but like the way the timeline works in the books, Snape, Gilderoy, they're babies. Right. They're like They should be in their like late twenties or early early thirties. Reminder Lily and James were 21 when they died. <laughs> right. Yeah. They met in high school. They are children. They got married out of high school. Yeah. Again, you are having children fight a war for you because right. you won't get off your fucking ass. <sighs> Sorry. my. <laughs> I liked one too many videos and now my entire For You page on TikTok is Marauders and <laughs> I have oh, just no. been steeped in this since we've been I, watching. It's so funny how the... The TikTok algorithm is like the, a, a knife's edge at all times because it's like it's constantly trying to figure out, figure you out. So you like one video that's outside of the normal stuff you like. And it's like, oh, you like that? You fucking like that? I'm going to give you so many of those fucking videos. Because like, of course I liked it. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> and like I and like once I got over like the Golden Trio era was like drilled into me and of course i was like as a young teenager i was like yes marauders make sense this is where i like more lore i love lore i'm autistic right and 
then it popped up and now I'm like my it's my entire for you page and I'm not mad at it except it was Halloween three days ago and it was very sad we gotta talk about how dumb Quidditch is as a sport I mean it's basically like chosen one ball like that's my problem with it is like it's basically designed for Harry Potter specifically to be the best at Quidditch is a really cool sport the snitch and the seeker is bullshit right if you take the seeker, the whole snitch out of the scenario, it's basically just flying hockey. Which, dope. Fucking awesome. I love it. I would watch the hell out of some flying like, hockey. Like, bludgers as a concept, brilliant. Right. Fucking love it. Right. They're basically just, like, defensive hockey players who don't play for either team. Right. Great. Absolute chaos on the field. I awesome. love it. You can fall 20 feet and just get knocked off. Wonderful. I, yeah. Also, why are we letting 12-year-olds on these teams with bludgers? Yeah, that doesn't feel safe. Like, I feel the like thing, there the should things be... things we know about, like, CTE in children who play, like, regular contact sports. Again, there needs to be a... Again, you don't know how fucking things work. There needs to be a freshman, a JV, and a varsity team on Quidditch because you cannot have yeah, a, you can't have 11 year olds playing with 17 year olds playing together they are not at the same level no even someone's gonna get a concussion right someone's gonna get really hurt and I get you have a magical infirmary that can regrow bones or whatever but which, like are you repairing bruised brains like are you repairing the like repetitive damage to people's brains from concussions I doubt it what is your liability insurance like <laughs> like what fucking forms do parents have to f sign yeah right because even just for like flying lessons yeah because like jesus fucking because like i i can't take my kids on a field trip i mean this is also like the hyper litigious united states where true like yeah but like suing people is like a way of life <laughs> i had a kid uh, who we were on a swing break and like we have these like industrial swings that are like are like being held up with like climbing rope and like climbing uh, carabiners and are like are secure and can mm -hmm. handle weight but of course he was like if this broke could I sue the school Jesus I'm like kid but yeah Quidditch like the whole idea of like a seeker just being able to like catch something and end everything right and basically effectively win the game for your team, regardless of what your team was actually doing at that point. Chosen one ball. It's chosen one ball. It's so dumb. Seekers are such a lazy position. And also that there's only one sport at the, like, that's the thing, right? It's like, you can't create a whole magical world and then make it tiny. No. Like how there's, how many sports teams were there in your high school? Like 12, 15? <laughs> like, Basketball, know, like, softball, baseball, soccer, like hockey. played multiple sports through multiple seasons. Right. I was a multi-sport athlete. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I was a multi-sport athlete. Who the fuck was I in high school? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah. Like, are kids playing? Are kids also playing basketball and like football and rugby and soccer or it whatever? It is still Britain. You do have right. soccer. Right. You have muggle-born kids. because muggle-born kids, like, they're going to grow up with soccer. So, like, that's what they're going to play. Right. Like, you don't just have Quidditch and Wizarding Chess as your only There's forms of entertainment. no way. Yeah. I do think that 
these movies really capture the like whimsical feeling both of like being in a magical world and then also of like Christmas specifically. Oh, these movies are magical as fuck. And like, they really like, I remember being so excited of how much of the magic of the books they captured. Mm -hmm. And like, cause that was like, that's always a worry when you have book adaptations, like you have an entire world to capture on screen, but like fucking, he fucking did it. Yeah. Chris Columbus, I feel like is really good at this kind of like lighthearted whimsy feeling. And I don't even really know how to tell you what it is. No. Like it's helped a lot by the John Williams score in this movie and these movies, but like John Williams score is so fucking brilliant. I love it so much. I will still hear Hedwig's theme and cry. Yeah. All of these years later, like fucking brilliant. But yeah, the music helps the like he, and he doesn't like, there's no like big, like film tricks. Like there's not like weird lighting or like camera movements. It's just the filters or too many like crazy filters or anything. It's all within like production design Mm. and acting choices. Yeah. And it's so well put together. Totally. the scene in Sorcerer's Stone where Harry comes down for Christmas and there's like actual presents, like the way that whole scene like yeah. screams Christmas in a way mm-hmm. that even my Grinch heart is like, oh Christmas. Yeah, exactly. I like. I think these movies and especially the first one capture Christmas that like you're ten years old Christmas morning coming downstairs to see presents under the tree, magic feeling. Then like maybe any other movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And I don't know how he does it. And it drives me fucking insane because I don't like Christmas and I don't want to like Christmas. But these <laughs> movies make me like Christmas. I mean, yeah, I guess we have to talk about heavy white supremacy and like Nazi stuff in here. Because it's pretty bad. Looking at it now as an adult and looking at like how many people got Death Eater tattoos and how many people were like. Okay, well, those people are stupid. Like there's no way to read even the first book and not do the math that or I guess the second book is where the like blood stuff starts. But like to not get that those people are straight up white supremacists. Right. Like, come on, especially because the Malfoys are like explicitly described as like blonde haired and blue eyed like they're Nazis. Draco is the poster child of Aryan supremacy. Yeah. And does not deserve a fucking redemption arc. I will die on this fucking hill. Yeah. How mm, like. I, I'm i a sucker for enemies to lovers. I get it. It's great. The amount of fucking Dramini bullshit that is out there drives me fucking... He's a fucking Nazi, and I... You will... Mm. No, the only the only pairing I ever got, I ever cared about was <laughs> Draco and Harry. Yes, <laughs> that if one. If you're going to do enemies to lovers, Dray- really fucking go for right? it. Right? Fuck's sake, Hermione Granger is too goddamn good for Draco Malfoy. Exactly. Harry Potter, on the other hand, is a trash boy. He is a chaotic... Who's bad at at everything, good at nothing. He's basically a meathead. 
who's got one skill and ends up being a goddamn cop. Yeah. He uh, Harry Potter is every shitty dude you know who peaked in high school as the like star running back and now they're a cop in your hometown. Yep. Sorry if you sorry. I don't make the rules. She's the one who wrote them him like this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yikes. But yeah, like the and especially like looking at the second book of like one I don't like how they downplayed how harmful mudblood is as a slur. Right. I mean, it may as well call her like a quatroon. Like <laughs> it's fucking like some straight up like 19th century paper bag test racism. Yeah. It's fuck it's fucked and up. And like the way like it was a choice to like the way like cuz there's a scene where like they're all like there's this there's a scene in the second movie where they're announced Draco's the new seeker because he bought his way onto the fucking silver and team. With his dad's Nazi gold. With his dad's Nazi gold. But so there's a scene where uh, Draco bought himself onto the Slytherin credit scheme with his dad's Nazi money. And we hear mudblood as a slur for the first time. Mm. And he says it like, oh, you're just a mudblood. Like you could have been like, like, and then it's like, oh my God, that is the worst thing he could call me. But it's like not... It's not said, said that way. way. It's, it's not, not said the way someone would say a racial slur. Right. And then With, like. You know, bile. And then it just like is thrown around constantly afterward. Yeah. And it's like. And it's like, okay, if this is effectively your like N word or whatever, the fact that people are just like casually throwing it around now is pretty upsetting for what you think about racial slurs. Right, because I'm like, you have obviously never had a slur thrown at you. Yeah. Because as someone who's had slurs thrown at them at by a little tiny Nazi boy, Ugh. uh, oh, oh, mm. the one time I ever hit a kid in school, uh, and I didn't get in trouble because of what he told me. I got told to go back to the concentration camp that I came oh. from. Yo! That's so fucked! Oh my god. And we were about this age. I was in seventh grade. Yeah. That's horrific. Yeah. Then he showed up in one of my film classes when I was in college and I dropped the class. Wow. Because I was not about to spend an entire semester arguing with his Nazi ass. Because, like, I mean, okay, the anti-Semitism is actually a good a good parallel here. Oh yeah. Because you know, in the magical world, which by the way, very much white, there are three black characters in all of these fucking movies. Where the fuck? And isn't one of them named like shackle bolt? Like that's yep. pretty troubling. And one of them doesn't even have a fucking name. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. His last name might as well be like Slaveman. It's tough. <laughs> it's not good. It's tough. Her naming conventions are, Racist. Racist. And lazy. Yeah, Cho Chang, get fucked. Like, I get that you wanted to make a black family tradition of naming everyone after a star, but you could have done better. Yeah, tough. Anyway, I think the, yeah, the anti-Semitism is like a good parallel, right? Because, like, unlike a a race test, right, there isn't, like, a visual... A, you know, a, a, an immediate visual way to identify what someone's like parenting. Right. Is. There's blood status is not a visible thing. Necessarily. Right. So y- there's always there can always be this like little witch hunt. Right. 
And like we've talked about before how anti-Semitism serves as like a pressure release valve on white supremacy mm-hmm. because it allows for there to be there allows there to be diversity and you actually still be able to survive with your mentality. Right. Yeah. There allows for there to be like a scapegoat. Right. And and like muggle born people are treated the same way in this right. world as like you would treat like. Jewish people in the world of like, oh, I bet you secretly have Jewish ancestors, right? Which yeah. means like, oh, you're not really one of us. Like, yeah. I bet you really have like, you know, muggle parents or muggle grandparents and therefore like you're not really one of us. You know who else who was really obsessed with blood purity? The fucking the Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, the anti-Semitism in this book, I, is disgusting. Uh, yeah, not to mention like, what I mean, the goblins. goblins. Like, go fuck yourself. And this is a thing that she made up, by the way. Like, I'm not hugely into mythology, but I've done a bunch of research on this specifically, and like, this is a thing she made up. Oh yeah, goblins are just like, in folklore, generally seen as like. Somewhere between, like, mischievous and lightly helpful, yeah. like, fae of some kind. Yeah, they're, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, friends, goblins are fae. They're not, like, trolls. Yeah. It, it's just dumb. And it's, like, it's just an another obvious, another way for her to, like, inject her very obvious anti-Semitism. Well, like, obviously, whatever, you know, the banks have to be run by a single race of creatures and they all, they love hoarding gold and they love money and they have big hooked noses and and little greedy hands that'll eat your soul. Yeah. Mm. Tough. Hmm. Yeah. And also like speaking of like people that, that Joanne hates, like the fat phobia around the Dursleys and like, Fat people in general, like anytime someone in a bigger body just exists. The fat phobia in these books is disgusting. It's so bad. It's awful. And the way that it's seen as like a moral failure and like a self-control failure. Yeah. And it's just so dripping with disgust at the existence of people in bigger bodies. Yeah. I was going to try to read the books for, to reread the books for this episode. And like, I I couldn't do it because like, I just, I remember it's not that I don't, it's not like the, like, I want to protect my memory of like how good they were. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I remember them not being good. Like I've, I've interacted with them since I was like 10 years old to remember that they're not that great. Right. Um, but because it's like, <laughs> I have a Deathly Hollows tattoo. This was like Harry Potter was my personality for decades. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of time and energy and resources of myself that I gave to fucking Joanne Rowling yeah. is disgusting. And it's, it's, I'm so mad at myself for it. And I'm like, to not realize how awful it all was Mm -hmm. until the last like six years yeah is disappointing it sucks it yeah and like 
I know I'm not alone, which is like helpful. And, you know, like I know that there was there's like so many of us who were like, oh, shit. Mm. But like to have like the to have something that was so to have the thing that made you feel seen for the first time turn out to be so anti you. Yeah. Is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. It sucks. Okay, before we do a lightning round, I do want to talk about how incredible the trio's friendships are in these early movies. Oh, yeah, totally. Because uh, I, as a lot of French groups do, as you get older, things get more complicated and personalities shift and Mm -hmm. you can start to dislike your friends. Fine. These first few movies, the way that the three of them stand up for each other and are there for each other is absolutely heartwarming. Like, especially like watching the second movie this morning and the scene of like, so Harry's back with his abusive family. Ron and Hermione write him, but he never gets them. So they never hear from him. Mm -hmm. And instead of being, well, apparently he just hates me and he's never doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Ron fucking shows up and rescues him. Yeah. Cause he's like, no, something's wrong. Yeah. Which like as someone who is currently going through a really bad depressive episode and who has tried to reach out to friends and had them like not show up for me the way I need them to Mm -hmm. has been, was really heartwarming to be like, no, that's, you're not asking too much. Yeah. Like, someone noticing your absence and noticing that you're struggling is not, not too much, much to ask. ask. The amount of, like, and especially, like, at the end of the movie, the end of the second half of uh, Chamber of Secrets when Hermione's petrified of, like, realizing how important she is and, like, knowing, like, that they're better off with her mm-hmm. as their friend because they recognize how powerful she is and how smart she is and, like, right. you know, actually appreciates her um is super cute and i don't know i just i really love their whole trio and i really wish she would have just kept it all platonic and happy but you know that's not how it works yeah and i think this she also has a really good understanding sort of tangential to that of like how especially people from abusive families and families that aren't like them and don't understand are forced to find a family and absolutely fit, slot themselves into a family that you know is healthy, yeah, or at least healthier than the one you're used to. Yeah, you know, I think probably every kid from an abusive household has a story about the house they used to go to when they needed, yeah, you know, parenting, absolutely when they needed a safe place to be. I adore Molly and Arthur Weasley and I will kill for them. Yeah. And then like not just the Weasleys, but then when you get into the later books too, right? The whole like extended. Oh my God. Order of the Phoenix family. Yes. Absolutely. Like I, this was like my first taste of found family and like how important and incredible that could be. Mm -hmm. And I think that really shaped a lot of what I started like was like, Oh, I can find somewhere I can belong. Like it's out there. I just have to look for it. Yeah. All right. Let's do a lightning round. What are the ethical implications of turning a living creature into a drinking vessel? (laughs) 
Also, where is this menagerie of animals being kept? Because there's like an iguana. There are like there's an iguana in the first movie, but then there's like in this transfiguration class, there's like a gecko and an armadillo and a toucan and like the fuck. I I I think you can't do that. Doesn't seem nice, right? It, it seems like I don't think because like are they do they remain. Like aware as a water goblet, like that feels evil. Because like also, Scabbers gets turned into a goblet and keeps squeaking. Right. So that's exactly that's my point. And then if you think about it as another level, that's not a rat. That's That's a a human. (laughs) That's a human man. That is a man being turned into a goblet. That can't be right. That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't be able to just transmute other people into water vessels into water goblets against their will. That seems not good. Right? I don't like it. Dobby wears a pillowcase. He doesn't have pockets. Where the fuck was he keeping those letters? <laughs> hammer space. He's keeping them in his hammer space. I adore Hagrid. I think he's a wonderful character. You couldn't send another person to go collect the boy who's never been introduced to magic. Maybe someone who's like a little bit more trained in uh diplomacy with muggles right and maybe not send them at midnight right i feel like that could have gone better also this uh the whole like like i know we talked about how poorly written all the stuff is but the whole like escape your abusive family to go to a magical world where you're rich and famous and the chosen one is like pretty fucking stupid it's like one of the more stupid things maybe written in the english language yeah it's the premise is pretty it's pretty fucking stupid it's pretty stupid uh quirrell's head wrap always gives me weird feelings yeah it's true it's trouble like i get he needs to hide his that face on the back of his head wait i have a question professor quirrell presumably has not always had Voldemort attached to the back of his head. No. Right. Did he always wear the turban and Voldemort picked him (laughs) for the turban or did his friends ask a lot of weird questions when he started just wearing a giant turban one day? (laughs) Bold of you to assume he has friends. Okay. Fair. But yeah. Well, yeah, since there's apparently like 150 people in all of the wizarding world, it is not clear how common this is. He's also the only one we ever see wearing a head wrap of any sort in the entire series. Yeah. It just. It's weird. It's weird. There's no reason that Hermione. First of all, I, I Hermione is autistic and I will die on this hill. She's also black. Uh, she's also black. Um. And second, there's no reason that she's in Gryffindor except that Gryffindor is the, like, protagonist school. Oh, no. Hermione's a Slytherin. Oh. That's a take. I was going to say Hermione's a Ravenclaw. That girl's a bitch. (laughs) Like, she's literally, like, only in Gryffindor because they need a smart person to solve all the problems for them. It's dumb. Hermione Granger trapped a woman in a jar in a beetle form. In the fourth, so it, Rita Skeeter in the fourth book was an animagus who turns into a beetle. Mm-hmm. Hermione kept her in a jar for months. That's fucked up. She did try and free the house elves, though. Yeah, she's the only one who realizes they're fucking slaves. Yeah, it's tough. 
Yeah. I like that the, the books just like casually bring up that like, yep, we know that this is chattel slavery and then fully just moves on from it. Like, ha, isn't it funny? We have a society that sort of fundamentally runs on chattel slavery. Isn't that great? Ha, ha it's the 21st century. Ha, ha. Like, what the fuck? There was a subplot in the fourth book with Hermione creating Spew and trying to, like, free the house elves and but everything. But then after that, it goes away. It goes it's away. A joke. No, it's awful. And it's just, like, we're just going to pretend that. And, like, Hogwarts is supposed to be, like, a higher education, like, liberal space. And you just use them in your kitchens. And yeah. You don't. You just casually use slave labor and nobody's concerned about it. You have magic. Right. Why do you need slave labor if you have magic? It's fucked up. Because Joanne's a Nazi. (laughs) Hey, maybe don't torture a poor child who did nothing to you because you had it hard for their mom and she didn't pick you. Like, be a professional. You're at work. You are not allowed to torture a child because you had it in for his dead mom. That's fucked up. Snape does not deserve your empathy or your redemption arc. Go fuck yourself. He's an evil man and chose the Nazis because the girl he loves said no. And like they retcon, they go back and they're like, no, actually, I've been protecting you the whole time. But like that's fucking made up like that is some retcon bullshit. And he has been being a total fucking asshole to this kid for no reason for years because Of something that has nothing to do with him. Yeah. No adolescent child, but especially no pubescent boy, should be gifted the power of invisibility. No. That is too much power. And boys would make it gross immediately. Yeah, no, he's not. One second in. He's not sneaking into the library. No, absolutely not. (laughs) It would be gross immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Don't like it. Why is there a tree that can kill you on a school campus? <laughs> right? There are 11-year-old kids wandering around. Why is there Maybe a forest? Maybe don't have a killer tree. Maybe not have a forest full of killer animals either. Or send them into detention into said forest. Right. And, like, again, where is the adult supervision? You're going to let the tiny Nazi and the little half-blood boy walk into the forest alone without supervision except for a dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for a big dog? Like, what the fuck? I wrote, kids these days have no no respect for ancient magical landscaping. No, they do not. <laughs> okay, talking about bullshit magic that I kind of really enjoy, fucking howlers. I think that is a brilliant piece of magic. If I could send letters that scream at people for oh, me. Oh, man. Would I ever. Ugh. Voldemort is the laziest anagram of all time. Thank In you. In the second book, when he reveals the whole, like, Tom Marvolo Riddle thing. Whenever okay, so I'm I like word games. Right. And I always anagram words. I just can't help it. Right. It's just like you see a group of letters and you go, hmm, I wonder how I can remember. If ever you see a grouping of letters like Morvolo, you know for a fact that someone worked backwards to get an anagram. Oh, absolutely. That's just like I had a bunch of extra letters. They needed to go somewhere, so I put them in some kind of order that looked like a thing. And then I am Lord Voldemort. Again, too many words. Obviously, we know you're just padding the fucking anagram. It's a bad anagram. Voldemort's a dumb name. It's be- plus his name just means like death guy. It's so dumb. It 
It means like death dealer. Yeah. It's so stupid. The bad guy, he's a death eater and his name is Death Man. What's worse, Voldemort or Darth Vader? Voldemort, hands down. Are you kidding me? For Darth Vader to be worse, his name would have to be fucking Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Fair. Fair. You're right. And that's a comedy. It makes sense that that movie's dumb. Why can wizards only talk to snakes? Why is it just snakes? Right. I had this thought, too. The the existence of parcel tongue implies that wizards should be able to communicate with lots of different animals, which again gets me back to my point about the ethical implications of turning animals into drinking glasses. <laughs> I think half the fantasy in these books is just going to a boarding school in a castle. Yeah. Like the magic isn't even it. It's just like, oh, I could be away from my parents and me in a castle. That seems nice. I could be on my own. And just do my own thing. So these books take place in the 90s. Mm. Fashion in the 90s was top tier. It was it was interesting. It was an excellent time. It was a very like baggy clothes, skate shoes, and uh, X Games aesthetic era. Right. Why waste all that potential for fucking robes? Right. <laughs> You wanted to see like I want to see nineties wizards around in their like giant gap t shirts. Like, I get that you are separate from the muggle worlds. You are you do not interact. You don't have pens, you don't have electricity, you are You don't have instant messaging. messaging. Right, or I say you that TikTok. Yeah. That. Like you don't have AC. Uh <laughs> right. Like that castle's gotta be Freezing in the winter. Yeah, and sweltering in the summer. Right. So drafty. Oh, my God. But, like, I get it. You're wizards. You dress weird. But you know who else is dressing weird in the 90s? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Again, you have muggle-borns and half-bloods. Right. They should, there should be some influence from... And it sucks because, like, when the they make the movies... They basically just give them like generic early 2000s fashion. And right. it's, it's a bummer. They yeah. really should have like great either like grunge. If it's right. the early 90s, it should be all, you know, like uh, plaids and, and right. ripped jeans and stuff. And then, you know, your Jinko jeans and your giant clothes and your. Where are your tiny eyebrows? Oh, my God. The th- tiny, thin eyebrows. Tiny. We only watched the first two movies, but this is basically the the formula for all of these. Yes. And it's really frustrating, which is why I stopped reading the books because I was like, oh, I see the formula here. I don't, I'm good. The only way anyone succeeds in any of these movies, the only way any man succeeds in any of these movies is by having a much smarter, more competent woman solve 75% of the problem for them and hand them the answer. You're not wrong. (laughs) And I've known this for a while and it pisses me the fuck off because yeah, the women in these in these books are so fucking competent and are so intelligent and the men skate by by the skin of their teeth. 